For those that are in that scarcity mindset or that fear of losing out, it's very hard for them to be very direct. So there are ways that you can work around that, such as instead of calling them right back when you miss the call, shoot them a text. Hey, so sorry I missed your call. I actually am in the middle of an appointment. Nobody needs to know what appointment it is. It can be an appointment with yourself. It can be an appointment with your doctor. It can be an appointment with your kid. It doesn't matter, right? I'm in another appointment. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I get to interview Kat Pulsinelli, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. One is going to be like ebb and flows of business. We're going to be talking about many different ways that we might get bogged down and overwhelmed in the various feelings of our, of our own lives and business. We're going to kind of talk about going through those. We're going to maybe expose a little bit of Kat's journey and what helps her to guide people through that process. Kat, thank you so much for joining us today. I know in real estate, you are obviously have a real estate license, as do I. There's a lot of stuff that can bog us down. Talk a little bit about what do you see as the probably the biggest emotions and limiting beliefs you're seeing today in bogging agents down? Oh gosh, that's a, that's a big one. Um, so first off, thank you so much, Matt, for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. I would definitely say that limiting beliefs as a whole is is a huge one for those that come into the real estate industry specifically, and that is a lot. What I tend to see is around, and I funny enough, I just had this conversation yesterday. Being an expert in their field and not feeling like they know enough, which I don't think you can ever know enough in real estate because <laughs> it's yeah. always changing. Um, um, but that tends to be one that comes up a lot. The other one uh, generally that I tend to see is also around time management. I'm doing all the things. I'm always busy. Why don't I have business? And understanding the difference between working on your business and working in your business and how you can cohesively bring those two pieces together while continuing to build. How much do you find that those beliefs, like time management, you can look at it as a belief and you can look at it as a skill. So when you're engaging in these conversations with these coaching clients, how do you treat the time management discussion? The time management discussion actually has to start with who they are and how they work and then where things are coming from. So it's very easy to jump right into it and say, okay, well, we can just time block your whole day out and you can do these activities during this, but that doesn't work for everyone, right? And so what I have actually found out is that if I can ask more questions, we can figure out why they aren't getting things done. Maybe it's because they are completely distracted and they find themselves um, getting drug away and other things. Maybe it's because they don't have boundaries set around their working hours. So uh, for me as a mom, that's, that's a hard one, right? Telling my kids that I'm not available, telling my husband I'm not available. Um, that can be one. Or the simple fact that they've been told, well, you have to get up first thing in the morning at 5 a.m. and then this is how you start your day and then you work the way down. Well, that doesn't work for everybody. Our bodies naturally work differently, right? So if you're more of a night person, guess what? You getting up at 5 a.m. is going to suck really bad <laughs> and it's not going to change. So learning how you work and how you can then tweak your schedule to work for you helps with that tremendously. And then you can pack your day full of things depending on when you have the highest amount of energy and when you're the lowest amount of energy and paying attention to those activities so that you can get them done and get them done a lot easier instead of feeling like you're dragging through them to get everything done. I like this. So we do an exercise too with people we work with like a time audit first, right? Where it's like, 
literally fill up your calendar a hundred percent of what happened. Even if you just sat there for 30 minutes or did nothing, just write that down. Yes. Right. And, and so, so would you say the, the best process for helping somebody through time management is first identifying where their time goes, then asking why, then addressing limiting beliefs and then prescribing the structure? Yes, 100%. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that uh, I've used several times with several different clients when I feel like we're not really getting to the bottom of the problem is literally making them put it on their calendar after they've done it just so they can actually see where their time is going as well. Because it's so easy for us to say, I'm just so busy. And then when you really look at your schedule, it was more distractions or because you didn't put your business first because you were busy putting other things first. And that can come back to right boundaries and people pleasing as well. So let's talk about the limiting beliefs and the reasons why people do not hold space and time for the right things in their business. So you mentioned family um, and not setting proper boundaries, but, but can you kind of give us a more comprehensive list of why people aren't leaving the right time on their calendars? Mm. So good gracious, there's so many. Um, the biggest one that I tend to see as far as a comprehensive list. So um, one is definitely going to be your family and things like that, feeling like you need to be for them versus putting your business first. And that that comes with people that are very nurturing. So we don't know how to put ourselves first. The other piece is going to be avoiding doing something that scares you. And so therefore you find other things to do that keep you busy, quote unquote, right? Um, creating a document, creating whatever the case may be. It's because you're avoiding the something that you fear. And you may not even realize that you're fearing it. You're like, oh no, it's fine. I can do it. But your brain keeps taking you back in a different direction. That is probably the biggest number one um, limiting belief that I come across is people that are dealing with that in its instance. And we think that it's just procrastination when in reality, there's so much more behind that. Yeah, absolutely. So you discover this limiting belief of things are scary. How do you work with yourself? And then how would you work with others as far as dealing with their limiting beliefs, like scary things? Yeah, sure. So that for me is something that I call micro changes. Um, for a lot of us, right, there, there's kind of two different things that is taught in the coaching industry and in the real estate world a lot, but across, across the board. And that is just shut up and get it done. Right. Or fake it until you make it. And for me, that doesn't work. And you have a lot of people that that is actually going to push them further to the other end of not wanting to get it done. Right. So for me, it's making micro changes. And so what I mean by that is what is something small that we can do to try to start getting you over the hump so you can prove to your brain that it's actually not as scary as it perceives it to be. So for instance, let's say that, um, you need to have a conversation with a client and they're calling you all hours of the day and you feel like if you don't answer the phone, they're gonna leave you and you're not gonna have that, that deal, right? There's boundaries around that. Well, for a lot of people that have been in the industry or for those that are you know, a little bit more strong boned already or have been through a lot of stuff, it's easier for us to one, not pick up the phone or two, say, hey, I'm busy. I'll give you a call this time and this time and we'll deal with it then. For those that are in that scarcity mindset or that fear of losing out, it's very hard for them to be very direct. So there are ways that you can work around that, such as instead of calling them right back when you miss the call, shoot them a text. Hey, so sorry I missed your call. I actually am in the middle of an appointment. Nobody needs to know what appointment it is. It can be an appointment with yourself. It can be an appointment with your doctor. It can be an appointment with your kid. It doesn't matter, right? I'm in another appointment. 
but I'm actually going to be available at this time. Can I call you then? It's a small way for you to be able to start setting a boundary without you having to come across very direct because for a lot of people that shuts us down for having to come out so far out into the deep end. So I love micro changes. I love small little things that you can do that allow you to start stepping in and then telling yourself like, Hey, that wasn't so bad, right? Okay. We can do it better next time. Well, that wasn't so bad. Okay. We can do it better next time. And then you can get to that ninth degree that you've been looking for. So what about things where they really can't be in the middle, right? Where the results are either, you either have it or you don't, right? It's either on or off. Um, what, what would be your, your strategy there? As far as their clients or themselves? So the clients, yeah, yeah. So for example, they, they have to, like, there are certain things where 10% incremental progress does not get them there, right? They have, they have to go 100%. Um, or like in the case of maybe crazy severe addiction, right? Where there, there's not this, the, like, I mean, if you think about people coming off of coffee, there's a couple ways to do it. You can quit it cold turkey or you can go to tea, right? You can microdose it down, right? Which would be a similar concept. Yeah. And then there's the cases where there's certain things where that, that just does not work, right? So in the event that maybe this, this micro changes is not working, uh, what would be your recommendation to get them out of it? Oh. Yeah, definitely. So if micro changes doesn't work for you, or if you know that you kind of have to jump in full force or you're not going to do it, um, there's, a, there's a couple of different things you can do. But one of the things down is a, is a countdown system um, that I, I really like. And that is where you prepare yourself, you tell yourself what you're going to do. So I'm like, I'm going to make this phone call. I'm going to deal with this client. Ready? Five, four, yeah. three, two, one, and then you make the call, right? It's, you're still resetting the brain and what you're doing is you're getting it to refocus on something different than the, the problem that it is assessing is the issue right in that moment. So it's just like breath work, right? People tell you to take a couple of deep breaths. What you're doing is you're resetting the brain to pay attention to something else. So it can't focus on the piece that's freaking you out or the piece that's stopping you from doing something. So that's another one that I really enjoy doing, especially for those that like, I just have to dive straight <laughs> yes. So Mel Robbins, five second roll type of, of yes, structure. Yes. 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 Cool. So let's talk, let's tie you back to some of the challenges that you've had in your life where there was some real struggle and you had to overcome some real things and kind of take us there and then take us how those things applied to your recovery. Oh, goodness gracious. How much time do we have? Um, no. So um, if I'm giving you a quick snapshot, um, I probably have about a 15 year period of just crap going wrong in my life is, is kind of what I felt like at that time. So um, I was, I got pregnant with my first son at 16. So when I had him, I made some dramatic shifts in my life. And at that point in time, I decided to step into motherhood versus being a teenager. So I swapped schools. I graduated a year early, second in class, president of student council, did all the things, uh, starting a job right after that, that was full time that allowed me to take him with me so I could hone in on my responsibilities as a mom. Uh, and I went to college at night. That in itself, along with, right, still being a teenager, trying to figure things out, your your amygdala is not you know, totally formed or, you know, the prefrontal cortex, sorry, is not totally formed 
um, I decided I could handle it all. <laughs> so I wound up in another relationship, which actually landed in an eight year abuse. So at the age of about 27, I got out of that. I had two children at that time, 10 and seven. They are now 19 and 15. Um, and that was the beginning of my life at that point. Um, everything that I went through up until that point was very emotional, mental. There was some physical as well, but more mental than anything. And it, it was still kind of that, you know, we talk about like that jumping in head first. And even now in my journey, I have to remind myself that like, I, I did it before I can do it again. And it's not going to be as bad as it was because I'm not in the same situation. So starting my life over at 27. And I mean, I literally, I bought my first car at 27. I filed for bankruptcy at 27 um, and really deep diving into that. And I would love to say that, you know, oh, I spent all this time healing. I didn't. Um, I actually pushed it off for several years and shoved it in a box like a lot of us do because my focus was on my kids, my full-time job, and actually put myself back through school. Um, what I wasn't aware of is the physicalities that come from that. Um, I ended up having heart issues. I was diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety after um, not dealing with it. So through the last several years of my healing journey, I've been able to almost in a way detach myself from the stories that I used to tell myself, see it from a completely different perspective and be able to honor what I've been through and know that when I hit tough times, like nothing that I'm going through now is anywhere close to the crap that I went through back then. And if I was able to make the decision then, then I can make the decision now to continue my life forward. And I, I use that on a regular basis. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom... Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, and so when you're talking about detaching, are you talking about like, looking down on your life like from a bird's eye view or what's the process to do that yeah so essentially that's what it is and you really have to you have to get honest with yourself you have to learn to let go of a lot of the shame and the guilt that a lot of us hold when we go through personal things because we're afraid that nobody else has been through anything uh which is a line of bullcrap in my personal opinion uh but you do have to understand that that was a one point in your life. That was a season in your life, but you can move to different seasons. You don't have to stay in that season, just like the seasons change, you know, here. And so that's 
what I mean when I say detached, I'm able to almost as if I am talking to a different person who is telling me the story and I'm able to hear the story from an open, non-judgmental perspective, which allows me to see into more of what I went through and realizing the decisions that I made and the reasons why I made that decision, which helps me understand that I'm not broken and there wasn't something wrong with me. I just, I knew what I knew at the time. And that is the reason why I made the decision, which was to the best of my knowledge at that point in my life. So in this bird's eye view, are you telling somebody else or are they telling you your story? It's, it's kind of happened both ways. I've told myself my story. Um, it's actually a huge part of what I do now. I share it with other people. And, um, so that was another part of the healing process for me as well. But a lot of times it's as, 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 as if I am reading a book. So as if I am reading the story, um, and I'm getting to see it from that perspective. Yeah. Not, you're not emotionally involved in it in the way that it's not yours. It's, it's, you're reading it as if it's somebody else's story. Correct. Okay. And, and so can you kind of talk to me a little bit about the difference between, um, so you obviously like a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, like what was it for you going back to like, when you made the decision to leave, you kind of mentioned this idea that, you know, you'd done it before, but there's probably more to it than that as far as making that decision. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. Right. And, and that's, that's in any situation, um, for me and any of the decisions that I made, there had to be a why behind that, right? The reason why I wanted it to, to be different. Um, just like when I decided to keep my son, it was because I knew that that was a choice I had made. And so I knew that it was my responsibility when I decided to leave my abusive relationship. It was actually because of my kids, um, my boys specifically, um, one instance, we were having an argument and my kids, both at a very young age, repeated back to me the same thing that my ex was telling me, which was that it was my fault. Mommy, why are you being like this? That was eye opening to me because I realized that I didn't want my children to grow up to be that kind of a person to treat someone else that way. So yeah. There, there's a, yeah, there's a lot more pieces to it always. And, you know, a lot of people always ask me like, where was that one pivotal moment? I've had pivotal moments throughout my entire life. It doesn't mean that it didn't lead me down a better pathway. Right. I mean, I had a pivotal moment when I decided to keep my son and graduate early. I made a pivotal moment when I decided to move out and um, go on my own, which you know, ended in an eight year abuse of every piece of it had a pivotal moment. It just took me down another part of life that I was supposed to, in my opinion, go through to learn from. And that's why it's such a passion of mine now to be able to help others that are struggling and fighting silently, because I know what that's like. So a lot of times people hit rock bottom or they hit these pivotal moments and, and maybe it's accumulation of pivotal moments that lead to a decision. Do you help people manufacture pivotal moments? um as a, as a method of change i would say that i lead people to figure out where their own pivotal moments are right yeah. you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink so i help people understand and, and honestly answer their own questions 
is where where I come in when it comes to dealing with that piece. Um, for a lot of people, it's just that push over the edge that they needed to be like, oh my God, no, you're right. Like I've been toying with this for a while, but for some reason that hit different hearing from someone else, right? Um, so I can say that I open up the doors to allow people to see their own pivotal moment. Do you find that it's harder to overcome your limiting beliefs in your personal life or in your business life? I think that they're one and the same. So you, you I mean, they, they likely are. Yes. But do you, you feel like they actually manifest the same to you? Like you can overcome them similarly. I do because here's the thing. And unless you are trying to personify a specific person in your business that is different than your personal life, which I see a lot of people doing, right? Um, we feel like we have to be this over-professional person in our business. If you're doing that, then yes, it's going to be easy for you to mask those limiting beliefs in your business, but I guarantee you're not necessarily dealing with them. When you wholeheartedly need to deal with a limiting belief, it's going to affect all areas of your life. And I guarantee you that if you have an issue with people-pleasing, that shows up not only in your business, but it shows up in your personal life. It's going to show up in your circle of the people that you are hanging out with. And so for me, they're one and the same. It's just whichever one you decide to focus on, you're going to have to understand that that change has to happen in every area of your life or you're not dealing with that limiting belief fully. Yeah. So where where do you see yourself going in the future as far as your business and and where you're heading? Oh, so many places. Uh, no, <laughs> um, I, I love the coaching space. I really enjoy helping people get to where they want to go and helping them see the power within themselves, which is already there. And I'm just there to help open the doors. Um, I see that continuing to grow within my business, but I also see me doing that on a much larger scale. I do see myself on larger stages on having bigger conversations with more people at one time to help make an impact and a change on the way that we communicate, the way that we see other people and how to come across with a piece of understanding and curiosity curiosity instead of judgment, because we all know we're fighting our own crap. Um, but I think that it's part of my job is to bring that to the surface. And if that means telling my story, that is, that is what I plan on doing is sharing it to the fullest extent so that people really can get an understanding of what it means to step fully into who you are. What obstacles and limiting beliefs will you need to overcome to reach that goal? Hmm. Obstacles and limiting beliefs. Um, I would say that the biggest one that, which is kind of an obstacle and a limiting belief, um, is that are people ready to hear that yet? Right. People like to hear people's stories to connect, but we're so used to hearing on a very surface level. Like, you know, people touch face on it and they kind of like breeze over it and go on to the next thing. What I plan on doing is making people uncomfortable. And I am curious yeah. to know if people are ready to hear that and are willing to sit through that um, with that uncomfortable feeling with me so that they can heal as well. Yeah. And what has that process been like so far with your current people that you're working with? 
stepping into it in a smaller coaching space makes it a little bit easier, right? Because you're doing it yeah. a little bit more one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so there's that micro change, yeah. right? There's, there's leaning into it. Um, but I do um, put myself in situations where I am constantly telling people that I want to speak at their summit. I want to speak at their online conference. I want to be on these stages. While that kind of freaks me out because I do worry that, right, people aren't going to want to hear what I have to say. I also know that what's what I'm meant to do. So it's kind of like that five, four, three, two, one step that we talked about that I just put it out there. And for me, I believe that however it's supposed to unfold, it's going to. And when I get to that space, it's just another uncomfortable feeling to unlock to get me to the next level. Yeah. And what specifically is your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? next 12 to 18 months, um, really launching my small group intensive. It's something that I've really been focusing and shifting into um, and starting to offer masterclasses around not only time management, but boundaries, people pleasing, limiting beliefs so that people can dive in on bite-sized pieces to be able to take it in and actually be able to have actionable steps with it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kat, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and business. For those of you out there listening, time management, choice management is a huge part of doing being successful in business. So if maybe if you're feeling like your time's getting away from you or you're not getting the results that you deserve for the amount of hours you're working, take some notes from the day or learn or write down something else you learned from the day. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 